From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob. importantly you the listeners so thank you for all of uh, the support we've had along the way uh, this is the day the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it and we're glad i don't know if we're rejoicing yet but we're glad to have jane lee with us thank you Ministries. good it's good to be here you're right the, the day the lord has made that's just um, i don't know it's a it may be your last day who knows it may be your next to last day or you may have 500 years to go we just don't know we do and thankfully it's like a loaf of bread it's one slice at a time it's one day at a time that's all we have to do is just how did you know i was going to ask <laughs> it is it is interesting to me and uh as you know we we take the bread and it's the one of those very elementary things that i, I talk about in the bible studies and it's so it's such a connection to those uh, work of human hands so many things into the ritual mm -hmm. and obviously the sacrifice of Jesus and the, and the Lord taking care of the others and it's amazing you know when, when I talk to people uh, their conversion stories mm -hmm. more often than not we have people with cancer really that's why I kind of do that we have cancer in our including Jane mm -hmm. and Jane Yes, in yes. There too, but um, uh, I hear that a lot, that, mm -hmm. it, that we do that. And I hear other other reasons. Uh, uh, I remember talking to Cardinal Avery Krolik one time, uh, one of those people who was elevated to a cardinal because of his, I just think, his intellectual capacity. It wasn't a bishop in, uh, you know, the, the, the diocese or anything, but mm -hmm. he was a, a raging intellectual, if you will. And I had the good fortune to interview him a couple of times. And he said in college, he just started reading. He was from a very prominent, I believe, Episcopal family. His mm -hmm. dad or uncle or somebody was John Foster Director, the Secretary of State, I think, under Eisenhower. Or whatever. Really? And said it wasn't very popular with my family that I was going to become Catholic. But he said, the more I read, the more I read. And he was very religious, but he mm -hmm. just couldn't get it. The more I read, I realized that Jesus' church, the church that Jesus founded, mm -hmm. was the Catholic Church. And yes. At that point, it was a pretty simple decision. It might mm -hmm. have been difficult for him and his family and, and all that. Right. You know, it might have ruined a couple of Thanksgivings. But, <laughs> you know, but, uh -huh. uh, but they couldn't accept it. And, mm -hmm. and he said that was that was it. it. Was he said it was reading. I wasn't struck by lightning. I wasn't. It wasn't an aha moment. Wow. It was just, it was just reading about. The church and the, the apostolic mm -hmm. tradition and people people said, Well, just get to the Catholic Church and tradition. What's that got to do with anything? Well, because we did it. We did a lot of things 
in the 1700s or the 1500s or the 1500s. We don't do anymore that we don't even respect anymore. Uh huh. But especially with science and medicine and things true, like that. True. True. Yes. Go, no, they they actually had it all wrong. Uh huh. But to talk about apostolic faith, this mm-hmm. is this is the way the people who knew Jesus did it. Did it? Yes. You know, and Jesus was there to guide them. Mm-hmm. That then apostolic tradition, you know, tradition. The word tradition becomes a beautiful word. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's that's the way my mom used to make the the best pie in the world. Okay, so know? let me ask you then, because um, and I, we have so much to talk about with God's heart and hands ministry and parents and how parents are God's heart and hands. I continually am running into lately when somebody brings something up and what would you say to this? Well, it might have gotten changed along the way, the apostolic tradition, because we weren't there. In fact, a gentleman after Mass yesterday said to me, well, we don't know that that's really what Jesus said because <laughs> we weren't there. Well, but we got the good book. I, that, well, I, I said that. And, um, well, it could have been changed, all that aside. But So it's everywhere. That, that, sure. that, but how would you respond to someone that says, you, you call it apostolic tradition, but how do we know that someone didn't change it for man's own use, man's control, man's influence? Well, what would you say to that? by God mm-hmm. that will not lead us astray. Um, so you have that faith. Um, faith is a gift. You know, That's it's true. Easy to pat yourself on the back and say blah blah blah. And for for me it's even more than faith. I guess it would be it would be uh, defined as faith. Mm-hmm. But I say it's above faith even. It's belief. Yes. It's like it's even above belief. It's true. It's a fact. Here's it's a knowing, here's isn't it? Here's a yes. Here's a fact. Two plus two is four. Mm-hmm. And little Billy in the first grade says, well, I believe two and two is four, but he's not really sure. And the next level there, oh, well, I think that two plus two is four because the teacher yes. told me it is. And okay. I like the teacher. Yes. You know, but two plus two is four, whether you believe it or not, whether you have faith in it or not. It's still four. Mm-hmm. It's that way with me and the good book. That what's yes. in there is true. Yes, thank you. That's a great yeah. way to say it. Because there's w- very little in there that you could say that you can disagree with. That's part. If something was written 2,000 years ago, there's going to be some stuff in there. You're just written by mortal men. Mm-hmm. Aristotle, or whatever. I don't right. know Aristotle. Right. Philosophers of the day. Yeah, yeah. Yes. There's going to be stuff in there that you go, you know, that might have worked back then, but but, uh, and, and some right. of the, the great philosophers, there's some some of their stuff is still just right on the money, mm-hmm. just right on the money. But y- you can say, no, th- that just they were wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, the Earth isn't flat. You know, right. it's it's not. You mm-hmm. know, they, I understand why they thought it was. You look at some of the old maps. You know, it's like. Yes. You know, <laughs> uh huh. And, and we we laugh about it like we're mm-hmm. smarter than them. Mm-hmm. But if we were living back then, we might have thought the world was flat too. But that's mm-hmm. provably false. There's nothing in the Bible that's provably false. Like Good okay, point. this was written two thousand years ago. They got to cut him a little slack because mm-hmm. he was living at a time of this, this, and this, and this. I haven't found anything, especially in the last hundred years, proving that Jesus. There's nothing he said that is not relevant today. Some of the things he asks us to do, we can say that's very hard to do. 
Mm-hmm. But you, I've never found anything he said where I go, wow, that just struck me wrong. Correct. You know, yes. like love your enemy. Mm-hmm. Look at what's going on right now in America. Mm-hmm. Or even domestically in right. politics. And or even within families or, or within in families neighborhoods. And yes, and everywhere in mankind right now. Go, love your enemy? Right. Or even they just disagreed with me or they don't think. Yes. Yes. It's very minimal now. But but you have to admit to yourself that if everybody loved their enemies, the world would be a lot better place. It would function much better. You would be better. Mm -hmm. If you're consumed with hate, the person you're hating sometimes doesn't even know it. But you're consumed with it. It's ruining your life. Mm -hmm. You know. And. That's a hard thing to do, but you know it's right. Mm-hmm. You know, give you know, uh, give give them a shirt off your back. And we know that we we know that you can pray, and yeah. ask for the grace to show me how to love them. I've, I've Turn to the Lord. I've done right? that many times where I say, Lord, this is this is tough for me sometimes, mm-hmm. but I've never felt that those words were wrong. Mm-hmm. And, and I would defy anybody to tie those two bows in a knot. I would challenge anybody to find words that Jesus said. That you could just say that's just that's just factually wrong, guys. That's, that's you know, true. Wait, 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 you know, he 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 hit on a lot of a lot of points, but that one's wrong. No, it, it it's not right. It's not. Even the 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 water to wine at, at Cana. Mm-hmm. It's it's not so much the water to wine. Obviously, a miracle, and mm-hmm. and and are we surprised that Jesus could do that? No, right, correct. <laughs> you know, but. I'm sure there are viticulture and enology departments around the country studying that. How do you do that? How do you <laughs> do that? Because if we make wine out of water, we have to grow those grapes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But yes. But it was, you know, Mary saying, do, you know, do, do what he, you know, and, and. Do what he says. Yeah. And, and just as a, th- there's so, so many levels to the wedding feast of Cana, right? There's so many levels yes. to the. The prodigal son, the Mar- Mary and Martha story, the and yes, Martha story. You know, you, you talk about the prodigal son, and you go, I never, I never. When I was growing up, I didn't really like that story a lot. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I, I didn't, I couldn't say, well, that's wrong. You know, the dad should reject the right. prodigal son. He should reject. You can't come back to that. Um, but it, I was kind of thinking, what about the poor kid who always followed, you know, obeyed right. his father and did the good things, you know? Poor kid, uh, you're throwing a party for the other guy, you know? Right, right. But for his brother. But then one day I had a son mm-hmm. that became my favorite Bible story. Mm-hmm. You know? And that is the thing about the Bible is you can revisit at different stage, stage, stages of life or stations of yeah. life, and, and it takes on new meaning. Yeah, I, I mean, it I've, does. I've heard that story. I remember the last time I heard the prodigal son story sing in a lot of songs afterwards. Didn't talk during mass, but <laughs> right <laughs> afterwards, saying, "I don't remember that particular line or something." Mm-hmm. You know, and the same thing with oh, the isn't that interesting Martha story where you right. you heard it a little. It didn't, but it didn't contradict something from before that enriched mm-hmm. it. Right. You know, it yes. Added to it. Yes. And uh, which means you can never read the Bible too many times 
It isn't interesting in, in generations past. That was the one book a family had. That's how many in past generations. That's when how children learned to read, right? Because yeah. the Bible was there. And I, I was blessed with um, getting a very old family Bible just recently, and the richness in it. And the old Bibles have a lot of pictures, a lot of yeah. artwork, and it just brings a whole new dimension to it because it's not just the big popular stories. It's all the colorful bookmarks, you know. The yes. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. I don't yeah. Even know what those are called. I don't know. <laughs> That's a quiz show question. Yeah. I'm not sure. But you see the richness that's in it. You can just flip open to it. But the artwork it gave a, especially for children, it gives a, a a different representation to that person. And it wouldn't always just be about a story. It would be about Solomon, and 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 it would be something in his daily life. And it just yeah. allows the child to to live into it, so to speak. So everything you're talking about, I was listening through the years of parenthood, because. God's heart and hands ministry, the job is that parents are the link between God and their children. And we're called to do everything you've just described about how to help our children understand God, make it relatable to them, and to understand he gave this to us and nothing changes. There's nothing new under the sun, so to speak, that he didn't encounter. And it's when we encounter new things that we can go back and read the same part of the Bible and gain insight. Of just an old standard story, and and it's when I was pregnant with my first child that I realized that Mary had to ride on a donkey nine months pregnant, <laughs> you know, and just that sacrifice of that and the discomfort, and then when having a babe in arms, and then thinking about the flight to Egypt, and they had a tiny baby, and they're going going in the cold of night. It's just like when you see it, you see it through different eyes all of the time, and we're called to do that as parents. And right now with parenthood, families are really coping with a lot coming over the fence. There's so many, it's a, it's, it's a permeable membrane where it used to be a wall. Yeah. And now it's just so much coming in and you have to filter through it. And But they can't, it's almost like not humanly possible for to keep all of that out, except when you put God back in the center. Yeah. And when you were mentioning how you just the Eucharist is different and just that knowing and, and besides all the Eucharistic miracles that God is giving us which are phenomenal just the amount and, and everything about it but when you put God back in the center for the family and you vet everything against it the mood in the family changes and so like when your day is different right when we go to mass we can't really describe it, but it's a different day because we miss it when it's when we don't have that experience. Well, I've, I've found in our family, and uh, I know every family's different and every kid's different, and I've certainly learned how different each of our kids are, and 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 you, you, you I cherish their differences, you know, but but it, it probably makes it more challenging than if they were all clones, you know, <laughs> because you could tell them the same thing and they would right. respond the same way. You know, uh huh. But. but that all these issues out there, and there's a million of them, there's, there's a million of them, um, that it's, it's best to have a lot of contact and a lot of discussion of all those issues where they're not afraid to say something because they're going to offend you mm -hmm. or you don't think they're weird or any of these things because then you can really discuss them because my thought is as, as we have now have four kids in college mm -hmm. um, when they were teenagers if I just you know just shut the door and unplugged the computer and turned off the TV and said no you're you're not gonna go to the homecoming dance or you're not gonna right. go to the football game or you're whatever right um, 
you're not going to go out for a soda with your friends. But one day they're going to go off to college or they're going to go. Yes. It says in the Bible that you eventually you leave your family. You usually right. start your own family. You know, I mean, there's still your family, mm-hmm. but it's 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 different. And and knowing that that day is coming, I'd rather have had the opportunity to discuss all those things with them as opposed to have yes. shielded them from right. all those things. Yes. To prepare them, to have, they learn from your process. Yeah, and, they and, learn and from uh, talking ho- about it. Hopefully, the way you live your life and the way you treat them is an example to them that mm-hmm. you're on their side. You're mm-hmm. their friend. You want the best for them. You're mm-hmm. not trying to be a dictator. You're not trying to restrict right. them or or mold them into being like you. Right. Um, but I mean, I I love the, uh, we have a. a daughter who's a design major she didn't even come upon it till she was in college mm-hmm. and, and all of a sudden she took a design class almost as a lark and uh-huh went, whoa this is really interesting stuff uh-huh you know now you can't drive down the road with she'll see a uh, an ad for something or a, a, mm-hmm. a logo on a building a, the company logo right and, and go hey that's that's really good oh that Right, she has different eyes now. She has different eyes now. Right, she sees it differently. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and and another daughter who's in international relations and has worked with the farm workers and has visited the prisons in high school. You know, I mean, and and another daughter who's just completely different from from those two, and a son who's who knows he's eighteen. You know, right? Who knows what'll happen now? You know, right? But they're they all have the gifts that God gave them. Mm-hmm. And they all know that their mom and I love them to pieces. Right. And, and think they're rocking and rolling. Right. And we're there to help them. Right. To, right. to help guide them. You take very to seriously. Where when they're 30 years old, they're going to call you and say, hey, you know, I've got this problem or I've got this going on or I've got these two job offers. Right. They know you're not trying to, but but they've had the discussion about all right. these issues that are going on and, and relatively new issues, and, and mm-hmm. those discussions will happen. And that's an important piece you bring up, that as parents now, we, rel- we have to give them that support so they can bring things up. And, and, and the availability, I would offer, it also sounds like to do that, you have to be available to them. And so well you, you have to be available. There's, yes. there's no way. And, and and there and there's no excuse because the the number one well the number one priority is to get get everybody to heaven right you know that's the right. bo- that's the bottom bottom line right, right there mm-hmm. but the the you can't say well you know I'm just you can be busy in your job for sure sometimes mm-hmm. people have jobs that I mean that's well it does happen there's phases just, right just eight to five jobs they're right they're, you know but you always have to realize that the only reason you're working is is to provide support for these i mean work 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 is noble work it's a tool work, yes work but it's is, a, yes is, it's noble is, i mean again we run no harm you know it's mm-hmm. it's, uh, uh, it's a great encyclical mm-hmm. um, has stood the test of time mm-hmm. and is you know there's 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 honor in labor Mm-hmm. You know, whether well, St. Joseph. Whether it's, yes. yeah, whether it's hard labor or it's lecture labor or what it mm-hmm. is, there's, there's honor in that. And 
there's honor in being an employee. There's honor in being an employer. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, as long as you treat your employees well, you mm-hmm. know, or as well as you can. Mm-hmm. And, and that's sometimes a, a hard thing. But the, the, the bottom line is, is that you, your number one priority is God gave me kids. There's got to be those kids and their right. well-being, their their souls, their hearts, their mm-hmm. minds, in terms of of getting them a sense of right and wrong. With you know, I mean that's mm-hmm. that's kind of the bottom line is the right and wrong. Right. And and truly, when it comes to to faith, when it comes to Catholic faith, or you know wherever they go, um, sometimes you'll find you're not as much in control as you'd like to be mm-hmm. but that leading by example is the most powerful tool there is mm-hmm. sure you you talk to them about your bible and your catechism and, and mm-hmm. your your you know forty mass and you do all these things when you're growing up mm-hmm. but if if they think that you're going to stay home and watch forty nineers and then get up and start going to mass right that 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 message comes through loud and clear when they're 18 and go out the door or mm-hmm. 21 and go out the door and I got mass to go for football games right you know, right that that's a real clear message mm-hmm. that well maybe dad still believes that stuff but I guess he doesn't believe it very much or right or it's not important you know, enough or yes and you've you've really described it beautifully what the parents job is and it's not to get them in AP classes, to get them in a certain college, to make a certain amount of money, da-da-da-da-da. And parents are being given this message that that's what's most important, and it's bleeding lower and lower into grade school, that they have to have this now projecting forward into college, starting in grade school. Well, if they're not doing this now, how are they going to be in college? And it, it sounds funny to, to, to throw the ball that far, but that's really – so parents are under that pressure that they have to. And you described beautifully – what the real purpose of parenthood is. Well, you know, it's re- it's really humbling when you realize, well, you know, we probably none of our kids are going to get into Harvard. Well, what do you know? You know, I didn't get mm-hmm. into Harvard either. <laughs> you know, a lot of folks don't. You know, a lot of folks don't. Oh, yes, and, and uh, you know, and and th- that uh, it it takes away that that need. You know, I mean, we always hear about you know the. Pe- Right from little, uh, the parents are trying yes. to break through their kids. You right. Know, like I want Billy to hit a home run because it reflects on me. Yeah. You know, I want Billy to hit a home run because I love him so much and he'll be so happy. Right. We want him to have the experience. Right. You know. Right. You know, and and um, the you 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 just can't buy love. Mm-mm. You can't it for any price. You know, I hear. I hear people say, well, I want my kids to have the things I didn't have when I was a child. You do hear a lot of that. Or you it's know, also easily available. It's hard to know where to stop for I a lot of parents. I want my kids to have what I did have as a child, which mm-hmm. was love. Mm-hmm. I mean, period. And that constancy and that availability. And I mean, our, our family wasn't poor. You know, people like mm-hmm. to say, oh, I pulled myself up by the work, you know. Right, from your bootstraps, right. All this stuff. I was working in a factory when I was eight. And, yeah, there's some truth to it. A mm-hmm. lot of people have it really hard. We weren't poor, but we were, you know, I mean, Dad was a college student in his 40s, and then mm-hmm. we, you know, seven of us living in a very small rental house, and mm-hmm. he was in school, and, you know, Mom's working nights at, at right. the hospital, and, you know, uh, anything we had as kids, if I wanted a baseball glove, well, I'd go mow somebody's lawn, 
right. about ten times. You mm-hmm. know, Which also is talked about in the Bible, that resp- work again, right. right? That was work. Through work, you gained something. Yeah, but that was we, one thing we had is the absolute assurance that my parents' relationship was broken mm-hmm. and that they loved us to pieces. I mean, they did. Mm-hmm. They, they did. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, that's what I want to give my kids. I want to give my kids what I have in my family. It sounds like you have. I don't need to give them a new bicycle or a car when right. they're 18. I mean, fine, if people, if people have the means to do that and mm-hmm. they, think they think it's really in the best interest of their kids, then do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you're not saying it's not, not yeah, to do it, yeah, but yeah. I hear you. Is it you're giving them the, the intangibles, the things that are not seen but are really the most important and most influential? Well, it, it, it is interesting because you'll see highly successful people say, I want to give my mm-hmm. kids what I didn't have as a kid. And you're going, well, maybe it's not that you didn't have all those things as a kid. It's why are you so successful True. right now? <laughs> you know? That's a really good point. You know, yes. You don't know, you don't know what – I can look back at all the menial jobs that I had that – Hated, uh-huh. you know, like especially in high school and and just the hard labor jobs that mm-hmm. just didn't stop five o'clock with everybody coming and you know and and say yeah that was probably pretty good for me mm-hmm. you know I didn't I didn't really fight it because I wanted to make the money you mm-hmm. know to buy a baseball glove or a bicycle right. or something right but um, but that that kind of that kind of stuff probably probably really helps you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It forms you, right? Well, they right? Say that whatever doesn't kill you make you <laughs> make you stronger. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, Proverbs twenty two six: Train the young in the way they should go. Even when old, they will not swerve from it. Yeah, I like I like that verse a lot mm-hmm. uh, because th- there's a, there's a sense of of coming back there. Yeah. Like they may mm, they may wander a little bit or stray mm-hmm. a little bit, but if if you gave it to them when they were young. Mm-hmm. they'll come back. Right. And that shows you, I, I think that speaks to how influential parenting is. Train the young. It doesn't, it's not many years no. that we give them what they're actually going to use for the rest of their lives. Um, St. Francis de Sales said, great, great occasions for serving God come seldom, but little ones surround us daily. That speaks to parenthood, is that it's it's a constant thing. It's the little things that we think are inconsequential, that don't mean much, but the children have memories of, and we're forming their their emotional memories, and we're forming them just by how we love on our enemy, going back to that earlier. How do we respond to those things? I grew up with a family member that had a huge issue with a neighbor, and it was quite contentious at times. And so when somehow we ended up in the same situation 500 miles away, a generation later with a neighbor next door, and I knew from that I was going to model loving on them. And I did, and it was hard, but I did it, and I would not, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have done it any other way, and to model for my children, and it was hard. It w- did not come easy because I had the other programming, but I just kept praying and asking and showing and find the small ways and look for this, and it wasn't anything big I could do. It was the small kindnesses. It was including them in a neighborhood conversation. It was or a neighborhood social and. And asking the Lord to be present with me when I did, so I brought mm-hmm. that presence, so to speak, and um, or Saint Joseph, you know, to, to be with me while I was handling that because I was the one on the front on the front lines because I was home with the kids in the afternoon, and and that's what we're called to as parents in those unexpected situations. That it's like, wait, this wasn't what I'd planned, but I realized 
my kids were fairly young, for them to understand how to handle really difficult situations, they were going to have to see me in difficult mm-hmm. situations to understand how to handle it. That they have to see us handle things. Yep. And um, it's an old proverbial story that we lie to the salesman on the phone and the kids see it. Rather and, and they take away, oh, I can lie because it, it suits the purpose, whatever. No, rather than saying and being open and honest, we, they're watching. They're with rapt attention. And that's what's so amazing about how God made their brains. They said the brain metabolism of one-year-old is double in adults because they're on fire for knowledge and experience well, the, and watching the, us. You know, it's, it's, it's funny because you think um, you, you, you talk to your kids when they're a month old. You uh-huh. talk to them when they're a day old. Right. You, you talk to them, you talk to them, and you're, you're pointing out the, the ocean to them or the redwood yeah. trees or, or this is a car. I'm going to put you in your seat. Right. And you think, well, they're, they're too young. They're not, they're not processing that at all. They are processing it because one day they start talking. Yes. And they didn't just learn to talk that day. I they learned my kids that would respond to something I said before I even before they could even speak. Yeah. They could say yes or no. Yeah. Or you know, positive or negative. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, it's uh um <laughs> we have a we have a neighbor kid who he's across the street, he's about uh probably two now. Arch mm-hmm. Archie. Aww. And the cutest little kid in the world. But from the time he was a baby Either the mom or the dad, we'd, we'd be out in front, and they were out in the front lawn, and it's kind of that kind of a neighborhood where uh-huh. it's, it's not a busy street. And, and they'd come over, and, Archie, this is Bob. This oh. is Bob, you know. Uh-huh. And, and, and they, they, they'd be over mowing the lawn, and they'd say, say hi to Bob. And Archie'd wave, you know. And, oh. and one day, Archie's first word was Bob. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because he heard it so often. It was probably one of the easiest words to say. Right. You know. Yes. And he could map it. He knew. And he because, could map it. Because they had done the social interaction and showed him by conversation saying, say hi. He already yeah. knew that that was And he name. may think that all males are named Bob. He might. Like, like <laughs> yeah. dog. Yeah. Like yeah exactly. Yeah. Bob yeah. is tall male. Yeah. <laughs> dog or short and furry, four legs. Yeah. That's true. But that does really speak to the to the. Oh, gosh, how would you say it? A thousand times a day, how we influence, how we're raising our children. And so we are God's heart and hands. And that's the how, it's that's the invisible nature of parenthood. But there's no role more demanding and no role more influential yep. than parenting. The one that's there. And I realized because I was an engineer, I'd, I've been out in industry and I want and I thought I wanted to, to I could navigate both until I realized when I had him that. Someone was going to be the one that was going to be there. Someone. doesn't matter if it's a family member, a neighbor, a daycare, whatever. Someone was going to be there when he fill in the blank. And so that's what we, we, it's not put on hold. Yep. And so someone has to be there to hear, to listen, to respond to that, that first word, so to speak. Yep. But to really understand. So we see the developing human being. And that is the power and the influence of parenting. And so... That, that Proverbs 22, 6 about train the young, it's, it's, we, we mold them when they're young. And even before they're verbal, they're watching us on how they do it. And little Archie was watching his parents say hi to him, yeah, too. Exactly. They, they had watched him say hi, Bob. Yeah. You know? And so that's why we, we think it's nothing and we think that they can figure things out. And that's a, a thing I hear quite a bit parents are pelted with. Well, they'll just have to figure out on their own or they can figure it out. And, Long ago, I heard a grandma say, honey, these are adult decisions they're making based off no experience. That's why they need the parent next to them 
going back to how you or you and your wife were available to your kids so they could talk about these things to help them basically give them adult or a wisdom about adult decisions so they were prepared to handle it. Yeah, well, I mean, you 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 look at you know I know and, and this discussion not about abortion at all, but you you in the abortion discussion you hear the term viability a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like well, you know, uh, leaving out the fact that that uh, conception is when life starts. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's our belief as Catholics, right? And that that's that's when it's sacred. But leaving that out in, in politics, the discussion is frequently well, viability. You know, right. when is it viable? And I've always thought, wow, that's a that is it's strange. Usually, they say like a twenty four weeks or twenty six right. weeks or right. something like that. And obviously, it would vary from child to child. And and but let's just do a little experiment. If is a newborn actually I mean viable? Like right. like. Presumably, I can go walk out of the building here and get myself home mm-hmm. and maybe stop at the grocery store and get something to feed myself. Mm-hmm. And I, my body tells me when I'm thirsty and all these things, I'm, I guess I'm viable. Okay. But I'm not sure that a newborn is viable. I'm they not sure. Viable? I'm not sure. Just well, I think they mean down. when, uh, if, if the child was born today, like right. a, a a C-section or, a, mm-hmm. you know, you go into labor for a million reasons. Uh, if the child was born today, would it, could we, could we save it basically? Okay. You know, would it, would it, could it live? And I understand that's what they mean. But when you, when you really say viable, a one-year-old's not viable. No, they're not. A two-year-old's not viable. They, I'm not sure, I'm not it. sure how old a child would have to be without parents Mm-hmm. Or, or at least guardians or somebody, because you know, moms sometimes die in childbirth, right. so, and maybe there's not even a dad. I'm sure there are many cases where a mom has died in childbirth and there's not a father present. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's mm-hmm. right. It happens, and yes. and so somebody has to take care of that child. It's not right. viable by itself. I don't know how old you'd have to be, ten. Maybe where you could actually actually take care of yourself. Probably probably, I don't know, five or six years old. But but so I I find that argument to be so um, almost not silly. But but like if you're talking about viability, boy, they they need they need somebody. Hopefully their parents, but they need somebody taking care of them for a number of years. Right. Before it always sounds. There are some animals get born and they're. They can almost take care of themselves. True, that's a very, very, very different being. Very quickly. But you're right. You're, you're right. I hear you at the discussion. It sounds to me like it's been pixelated. That's the word I would think of. It, that there's so many facets to it, and they're taking a very, very, very small piece, one pixel out of a million on a screen, and then we're going to have the discussion about the whole screen based on that one pixel. When there's inter- interconnectivity between every pixel on the screen, yeah. There's always, like you just brought up, there's always more to it. Just because they can breathe, and and make sound but viable always goes off because it's very um subjective um and then it's yes i hear you and it's it is about the bigger picture of how we have to help our children sort them out because our teens come home with that or actually middle school or maybe a little younger they'll come home with that word and we have to help them we have to be there to help them sort it out and i see so many families 
now where they're they're on the cell phones or the kid the little guys yep. are walking next to mom or dad and and the parents on the cell phone and and I understand I so much get it because parenthood in addition to just being a lot of hard work and a huge responsibility and and a monumental influence like I said earlier and be and the thing that God has designed for how humanity will survive is through parenthood and that's just the basic structure I remember my father-in-law saying that's how God created it children aren't ready to because they need their parents to prepare them to move right. out to be right. adults and then parents and, and then the process repeats but we have to when we understand the whole complete picture we are God's heart and hands he did put us between he just didn't put that little one-year-old or however old talking about viability there he put a huge to stand in the breach is the parent and I honestly believe it's the highest spiritual calling because there's oh it is it's, yeah it's the it's the most influential it unearths and severs your attachment to anything from clean clothes to a hot shower to a hot meal to sleeping consistently to being dressed up to walk out the door and you hug the baby one more time and they irp down your back and yep. just that suddenness you learn to roll with it you learn to not be attached you learn how to love when you don't want to love yeah and, and I, I hear people all the time say well, I want to go out and change the world. And I say, starts if you want to change the world, it starts at home. Right. You know, ra- you, you, you'll raise kids and they will go out and change the world for the good. Right. And because that good. one, just take one child. That child is going to be a roommate, a teammate, a stranger in the grocery store, yep. somebody that helps somebody change a tire, a neighbor, a colleague, a boss. I mean, the, it, the ripple effect from that one zygote yep. is phenomenal. How yep. many people that person touches. Yep. And so I realized it was really a, a big deal to turn away from the professional level income to raise our children and to be the one that was going to have that influence. And it was a huge sacrifice. It honestly was. And, but it was a sacrifice out of love, and it wasn't easy. It wasn't thing I just went jolly on down the path, and it was through God's help that I was able to do it. Obviously, just it's a big job, but understanding and seeing, wow, I stand. God, God can't get to them the way you know He's not talking from the burning bush anymore. Right. And even if it was a viable six-year-old that could handle it, He's you know He's not talking from the burning bush and hey, go this way, kid. There, there's a little cereal around the corner. No, we're the ones that stand between. And that we have, we take on that responsibility, and while it's a huge sacrifice, there's, and I think that's what parent, we've we've diluted the message, and we've we've created so much chaos and f- and fog, if you will, um, a sandstorm really for parents to navigate what's most important. And when you when you put God back in the center, and He guides you, and every decision you make about what you're going to do is vetted against that. It just completely changes. Yeah, well, I, I've said many times to our kids, usually joking, once in a while when we're having a serious discussion, and I say, you know, for some reason, and we don't know the reason, involuntarily to us, God put me as your dad and Shelly as your mom, mm-hmm. and he put you in my life, our lives, right, and... He put us in your lives. He put us together intentionally. Mm-hmm. It was not just random. No. You know, I mean, 
it's seemingly random out just in the secular world it it seems random yeah you 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 know if you we don't need to get into the details, but right, you, right, you, yes. the, you were conceived at a specific time, right. and that might have been your only time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe we would have had a uh, we would have had a kid, but it wouldn't have been you. Mm-hmm. You know, well, many many women when they're pregnant, they learn the personality of the baby they're carrying by yeah. the activity level and so on yeah. and so forth. And for mine, it was true both times. It's their personality was there. And how active they were, responsive, yep. so on and so forth. And there is that it was them. So was God them. intentionally did this. So we first off, we need to communicate. Second off, we need to get along. Mm-hmm. And third off, we need to respect each other. And there's just a whole thing, a whole bunch of things that flow from that, in terms of when you really realize that God did this intentionally. It was not an accident. It's not by it chance. Random, right. It wasn't random. Right. God did this intentionally. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I think one of the other things that you can really give your kids that I think frequently we overlook, and I'm as guilty as anybody, is prayer, the power of prayer. You know, that when, when not just when you're having trouble, at all times, at all times, uh, Pray constantly, you know, but right. and, and, and don't be afraid to pray for something. Don't be afraid to, to, to just pray. Don't be afraid to ask. Why would it say ask in the door and, and uh, you yes. know, knock and the door will be answered? Ask right. and, and, you know, God hears you. You, you, he you may not get the answer that you think you want right then, mm-hmm. but ultimately, without question, you'll always get the right answer. That's true. You know, and, and that's very comforting, w- really, when you think about it, mm-hmm. that like, oh, darn, I didn't want that answer. I wanted to, <laughs> I want I wanted that, I wanted. I want that team to win, and they that's lost, true. you know. Right. But ultimately, really, without exception, God will give you the right answer. That's true. Because he, doesn't, he, he, right he doesn't want to leave you astray, or no. he doesn't want to, well, I'm just going to disappoint Bob to teach him a lesson. You know, uh, no, God... Knows what's best for you and ask, right. ask, and um, especially you know uh, yeah certainly in times of of need or times of pain or times of confusion, mm-hmm. say God I'm you know it's not too often we get truly confused you know like you, maybe you really want to do this but you think maybe you should do this there there but there have been some times where I just go wow there's there's a couple of paths here or maybe there's three or four paths here. And I honestly, honestly can't decide what's the best thing to do here. Mm-hmm. And you say, God, make happen what you want to have happen. That's, that's a huge piece right there because you're saying to your kids, I'm going to pray about it. I turn to God. Yeah. And that's huge because our children are going to encounter things that we've never even encountered yeah. because we give them the benefit of our experience, right? But they're going to encounter new things that we're not. And so by what we're, what you're talking about and what you're giving them is um, a, a, a fabric with which to, to live their experiences through. And that piece is so important. Pray about it. Yeah. We're going to pray about this to know what to do because, and you're recognizing, and that's where the availability comes in because our children learn so much from hearing our stories and how, we um, encounter things in life, and that's where family dinner is huge. 
Yep. And it doesn't matter what time of night it is. When my husband would work late and the kids were heading to bed, we would sit down and have that time with him so they could tell him their stories and they could yep. hear his feedback and so on. What you mentioned before about when you've got family demands and, and, th- and so on. But that piece of they learn so much, and that's what you know, that's where Hollywood comes from. That's where Hallmark is, all the stories yep. um, that we live, folklore, um, nursery rhymes, they're all stories. The Bible, right? Jesus taught in parables. Why? Well, it's, it's yeah, made that way. It, it's interesting to me that uh, you know it gets to be Christmas time, and they always they always show it's a wonderful life. Uh-huh. They always show Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Uh, they're just the, the, both of them have beautiful messages, right. uh, a, a, a lot of spirituality in, in both of them, you know, and um, a, a lot to do with faith, mm-hmm. a lot to do with God. I remember uh, there was. A few years ago, we had a, like a, a Catholic movie series, and we'd, we'd meet at the Crest on a Sunday, and uh-huh. it was about every couple of months, you know, and we give away tickets for free, and mm-hmm. and uh, um, the bishop would come, and then the bishop and I would have a Q&A after the movie, uh, and and people could ask questions of the bishop, and... and I mean, what a nice community. Of yeah, events. it was just I, I, I just kind of moderated the Q and A. They weren't asking uh-huh. me questions; they're asking the bishop questions. But I was sort of the moderator, and and our family would come every time. And the crest was such a, and and we we did the first first movie we did was It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. We did A Man for All Seasons, which is you know St. Thomas More, uh-huh. just just a fabulous movie. I th- I can't remember if we did. I think we did the Sound of Music. Um, just a, a, a bunch of really, really good um, movies that had. Oh, oh, uh, we did the way, mm-hmm. uh, the the, well, the, wa- the walk, Martin Sheen, mm-hmm. and uh, um, just a, a, a lot of really spiritual movies. And these were the, Sunday the afternoon. You did Sunday them? afternoons, nice. and and uh, I think we even had free popcorn. You know, and it was just it was. It was good stuff, you know. I think the Crest changed owners and stuff, and uh-huh. we kind of got away from it. And but it was really, it was really valuable, and a lot of people came and and that kind of that kind of thing where kids get to go to sort of an adult event mm-hmm. and and take it all in, and and I think I think that's that's good stuff too, mm-hmm. you know. But um, and children learn from the community. That's yeah. what, to bring t- uh, together a community like that, it's very. Um, um, organic, and, yeah. they, and we've we've gotten away from that. And I would say that that's one of the good things that came out of the lockdown. I mean, I'm looking for the daisy in the manure pile of difficulty, but where there was that blossom, so to speak, is that it's returned us towards more consciously bringing about community, whether it's in your neighborhood, in your church, in your family. I understand that children need that. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, I think uh, you know, there's the bounce back. There's the yearning for mm-hmm. for community when you when you didn't have it yes you know and um it it affected everybody differently mm-hmm. you know uh, we saw it in our own family just in in terms of how how everybody responded part partly due to to, to their age the mm-hmm. age differences and and uh, but just uh, everybody had a different need or a different want um but um yeah the back to the you know the, the uh, the power of prayer in difficult situations. I mean, I can look back on my life and as everybody can and say, ah, that was a bad mistake. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that was, you know, I, if I had it to, if I had it to live over right. again, yeah, I would, I would, I would avoid that pothole. That brings us to forgiveness and easy. In a, yeah. I but, think it but, does. but bottom line is 
part of you says, you know, well, are you, we're never complete. We're never, ever complete. But are you, are you, did that, did that mistake ruin your life? Well, well, no, no, it it didn't. It was just a bad mistake or it was a dumb mistake or, or whatever. I can't even know. I don't know what I was thinking, you know, kind of thing. And, and then you go, well, no, maybe, maybe that mistake actually helped me. You know, I mean, maybe it, maybe it did. You know. See, that's even beneficial for kids and when they start making their own choices and it doesn't turn out well. That's where the parenting wisdom that, well, I've made any mistakes and it wasn't yeah. the end of the world. And that's huge what you're talking about. And, th- and that's availability. We have to do that. And, you, and it's, once again, I just see how we're, you're stepping in to be that place between God. This is what God would do for you. This is how God would respond. Yeah, recognize that it was a mistake. What would you learn from it? What would you have done different? And then forgive yourself. And how can you? Uh, and sometimes it's a it's it can be a moral mistake. Sometimes it's just a just bad judgment. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I mean something something as stupid as buying the wrong model of a car or something. You know, oh, that's okay. I mean that's not a moral mistake. That's right. just that's just a stupid mistake. Like I should have I should have researched that a little more. Right. <laughs> you right. know. I should. You know. But I think that pushes us kind of pushes us towards forgiveness more. That person made a mistake. You know, can yeah. we forgive them? You yeah. know, when they and and that helps us kind of like settle in and, and see humanity a little bit different when we make our when we make our own mistakes. And so for parents and, and with the chaos that's coming in, I just love that the the I've seen a lot of families do it. That space between dinner and bed, they'll go to adoration, fifteen, twenty mm. minutes, just to settle in, just to, to regroup together. And I think that's just a stronger anchor because we need that. We need that as, as we're moving through so many changes. And like you mentioned earlier, the changes are all happening so fast. And uh, Matthew 16, uh, verse 28, Come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. I like that. Yeah, yes. And then he goes on to say, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. And that's important, too, as, as parents, that we have to create that rest for our children for them to understand it's just not zoning out in a video game or a movie but also turning back towards god to rest because in the in the adoration chapel it's just stone silent and there's just even that few minutes there's there's a family that brings in their their two-year-old she's a very active two-year-old very normal and she she says hi to, to to jesus and and is very moving around but there's a moment and it's a, just a couple of moments where she looks at him, and she's still. And then she's buzzing around again. And, and who, whoever thought that the word meek would be something of value? Yes. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. something of value. Right, Something it's of very much not power, right now. You right. know, I mean, being meek is a good thing. You, you think of meek gets used as as a negative frequently mm-hmm, like it is. meek rhymes with weak you know right. kind of kind of like like oh he's, he's a, a shrinking violet he's, he's right. doesn't have any confidence he's meek doesn't necessarily it certainly doesn't mean that here no no it, it means i'm not arrogant i'm not better than you i'm right. you know um meek and humble mm-hmm. see p- people people humble has become a more powerful word People get an award and they say, "Oh, I'm so humbled by this award," mm-hmm. when actually you're patting yourself on the back. But, yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah. uh, I'm so humbled. But 
but meek and humble. These are words spoken 2,000 years ago. You know, um, the, that's, that's a very powerful word, meek. I mean, if, if Jesus is saying, I am meek, wow, yes. wow. Is that, he, he, he says, I, I didn't score the winning touchdown and slam the ball into the end zone. Right. I didn't uh, celebrate with my teammates as if I just got told I'm going to heaven. Yes. You know, right. I, I didn't just get elected student body president. I, right. I, I'm meek. Mm-hmm. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Kind of goes back to the beginning when we were talking earlier about there's nothing wrong, there's nothing that's incorrect in the Bible, and how when we when we get older we see things differently. Mm. You just talked about one word, yeah, and that's actually a doorway to a whole other horizon, isn't it? Yeah, and that Jesus I mean that's does. a word that means a lot. I mean there's there's you there's know. a lot of guidance there. Yeah, for children, and and we have we have turned the word around, and maybe that's because it's so powerful yeah. that you know you just see how things get turned around and. That uh, saying that um, true gentleness is strength, and true strength is gentleness. Yeah. And because someone that's like me, what Jesus was, he was incredibly strong, right? The, the, and I mean humanly. Yeah. The, the, there was that clarity. There was that strength that he would go to any level, any, any, obviously by the crucifixion. But you could just see it in his day-to-day actions and how he was. That he was meek. He didn't force himself on anyone, but he showed his strength to mm-hmm. do anything for them. He did not want to change the water into wine. He was he said he wasn't it wasn't time. But he listened to his mother. <laughs> <laughs> but he he was he went he he went the distance so to speak. He stepped out of what cuz he's saying this was not my time, but he stepped out of that for them, out of love, out of his meekness, out of his strength. And then when we see that how incredibly influential parenting is, that you, you could change the world just through parenting. You can shift everything. Oh yeah. Back to where it can be, and quickly. And I would, I would offer quickly, um, because it doesn't take long. Because it's the the, the handful of children. You have just one child. I mean, you, we we see the ripple effect in society when they didn't get that that parental presence. And I, I met a woman um, that was a neighbor years ago, and she, her. She had had six kids, and when the youngest was in um, kindergarten, she started doing daycare because she still wanted to be home. And she and I would have some discussions because I was taking care of another family's baby as well and trying to navigate that whole thing from financial to emotional side. Because it's uh, motherhood or just parenting, it's a lonely job. Yep. So you And that's part of it, and that's kind of like you're a cloistered, um, uh, consecrated, like a nun or a monk, because you're, you're alone a lot. And so that's another place where you also encounter God because you do have that aloneness. And so I really do parallel. I can see the lives that, you know, um, St. Francis of being alone and and so on. I've only had brothers, but that I'm here with God alone and doing what I'm I'm called to do. And she commented at one point, you know, the the little thing about when the family is a caregiver versus someone else is that we, when when they're family, we dote on them. Mm -hmm. You'll sit and you'll watch that child still trying to get the pincher reflex and pick up the pee off the high yep. chair tray. You're enamored with it, yep. you know? And it's only because it's, it's an impulse when it's family like that to watch this little person try to in their brain. And how many times I would see my children as babies and toddlers and moving up through the, through the, through the skills of the years. But then when they slept, they took their nap and they, then they could do it. 
Like somehow mm-hmm. it, their brain, it all clicked in. And it, to watch a developing human being that comes from viable technically, but to watch them truly become viable, to be there for every little piece. For how many years do we know where everything came from that they talk about? We yeah. know everything where it came from. Yeah. And nobody, nobody has yet figured out how to teach a kid to talk at six months. Nobody or to pick but up the pee. They watch, don't they? Yeah, they but watch. you know, they watch and they listen. But the the development is about the same as it's always been. Mm-hmm. You know, despite every change in medical care and 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 all this advice right? to parents. Yes, you yes, know, yes. I mean, the 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 standard joke is that. A baby was born. And he didn't come with a manual. You know, right. it's like, like, and it's it's true. And every baby's every baby's different. So. Right, right. And so, as God's heart and hands, when parents see themselves as God's heart and hands and put God back in the middle, then the family regains stability and certainty. Amen. Jane, always a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. That's going to do it for us for today. Thanks for listening, everyone. God bless. We'll talk with you again soon. Tonight, may the words I.